Welcome everyone to episode number 36 here on the Proven Knowledge Podcast. This is the Creator Series. Today, uh, we kind of changed it up a bit today. Today's guest is a graphic designer. He's the first graphic designer we've had on the show. His name is Mike Frost. Uh, he's from Houston. If you are a fan of Houston hip-hop, um, such as like Paul Wall, Slim Thug, uh, Bun B, all the type of um, old-school hip-hop from Houston that was kind of like a huge movement, uh, Mike did work on their album art and photography and really their whole creative movement. Uh, from around 2000 up until I think 2015 he's still uh, working with Paul Wall and a few of the other artists but in today's episode he kind of described how he has slowly moved into more of the corporate business side and doing a lot of different work uh, creative work for companies Uh, I don't want to name any companies because I don't want to get them wrong so you'll hear him in the episode like who he's been working with over the past several years and To me, this episode was really a different perspective. It's kind of a very important perspective, really for not just anyone in the graphic design space, but really anyone creatively in general. So you musicians, this still applies to you. And Mike kind of just gave a lot of great uh, advice as far as like separating certain forms of income. Like you don't literally have to rely on, you know, your design or your music for all of your income. It's okay to spread things out um, and take more control as well. This episode, Really, he gave a lot of great advice as far as not just sitting back and waiting for work to come to you, but also how can you create work for yourself and how can you build a giant ecosystem around everything you're doing while still feeling you know, fulfilled and feeling like you're doing what you're set out to do. Um, and obviously, you know, to each their own, you, know, you can take this advice and kind of apply it how you want. But I think uh, what Mike is doing with his own uh, creative work is something that a lot of people can take notes from and hopefully apply it to their situation. So I enjoyed talking to Mike, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode. So let's get right into it. Welcome, everyone, to episode number 36 here on the Proven Knowledge Podcast. This is the Creator Series. Today we have our first graphic designer actually on the show. Um, He's a Houston native. He's worked with some of the biggest uh, Houston hip-hop acts, uh, ranging from the early 2000s all the way up till now. So if you're a fan of Houston hip-hop, you're probably familiar with his work. Mike Frost is here. How are you, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Everything's everything's blessed. Glad to hear that, man. And like I said, uh, I appreciate you getting back with me about being on the show today. And you know, I'm I'm excited to get a uh, you know someone who doesn't make music but someone that's been very involved in music and specifically you know a side that's very important in my opinion is the graphic design side of everything because it's still a very important part of the whole creative energy of music so to start off uh just kind of give everyone that might not be familiar with your work just a little bit of background about yourself kind of how you got into things and just the basic uh information they need to know yeah my uh i guess the work that i'm most known for Started out around 1999 with uh, with Switcher House. So I'm from the north side of Houston. Uh, Switcher House from the north side. But uh, G Dash, the guy that owns the company, just I had a I had a studio in kind of near downtown Houston. And uh, G Dash, the guy that owns Switcher House, just came in the office one day. And so that's kind of where it started. And it branched off from there to uh, really everybody in the city. So for for a solid decade, um, every artist you can think of from Houston, Rapalot, Swisher House, Devin the Dude, Trey, Zero, um, Slim Thug, Millionaire, Mike Jones, Paul Wall, uh, 
there isn't, I don't think there's many artists in the city that I haven't, I haven't touched their projects, but, um, yeah, if you're familiar with hip hop music in Houston from, you know, from 1999 to, to even to till today, I'm still doing work, but pretty much every single cover, um, from that time, I'd say a good 90, 95% of the came out of the city I was doing. Yeah, it's kind of interesting because I discovered your work, actually. I think someone reposted, like, one of the original ones you did for Paul, like, way back in the day. It was probably, like, 2002, and I was like, oh, okay. This, and I found, like, your profile and everything, and I was like, oh, I didn't know this dude kind of did, like, a lot of the work from that time. And that, that like, time period, I was, like, too young to really remember that, and that was, like, a little bit before I, like, kind of got into hip-hop. But, like, looking back on how important that was, because, like, for Houston, that was, like, the beginning, you know what I mean? Like... That was like the beginning era of uh, kind of everyone paying attention to Houston, like kind of taking it more seriously. And to me, it was kind of like the underground whole era. But people look back on like UGK and Paul Wall and everyone, and they're like, wow, that was such an important time. So like for you to be such a big part of that, I think is like, that's crazy to begin with. So it was, uh, you know, I was doing a lot of like punk rock show stuff and Mm. uh, a lot of the rave party flyers at the time, but. Just guys from the neighborhood were into rap. I didn't know that much about Houston rap. I mean, it just one thing led to another. And then, uh, you know, five years later, I was just doing everybody's stuff. I mean, I, I wanted to be involved in the music business, so it was an avenue for me to get into it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, from where I grew up, too, like, I I understood the culture a little bit. So it was, uh, I didn't, I never expected it back then to turn into what it did, though. Mm-hmm. So it was, uh, it's been a blessing, man, to be associated with it, to be a part of that whole movement. But definitely it was underground because I remember when I started doing it, everybody was kind of like, man, why are you messing with this stuff? But I was like, well, I was like, man, look at New York and look at LA. Like, I, if I can get Houston, you know, if I can get our image up to where we have our own, not only we already had our own music style, but where we had our own visual style and, where we could compete visually with, you know, these big media centers that, that, that New York and LA are. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of the goal. I don't know if I quite got there, but I didn't quite know what I was doing either. But it, uh, I remember thinking that. And, you know, I guess we made it, man, as far as making our little mark on mm-hmm. things. Yeah, we'll get into some of that uh, in a bit. I'm glad you kind of brought some of that up because I'll dive deeper into that type of thing here in a minute. But, uh, I know, like, over the past year, obviously, there's been a lot of go on, you know, in the world with the pandemic and whatnot. So I'm curious for you, what were you doing kind of during the whole beginning stages of that? And kind of did that affect your, like, creative work at all? Like, did you have any projects that you kind of had to, like, put on hold for a minute? Like, was there anything that you can remember that kind of is still happening that you could, like, speak about? You know, it didn't really change much much for me. Um, It actually... the pandemic for me because I've cut back as many artists as I work with like I work with Paul Wall now and I work you know I, I do things a little differently but it didn't it didn't have an effect on the work um, so much as it gave me a lot more time to go in and like study and learn new skills um, some ideas that I've had as far as doing merchandising and, and toys and, and other stuff like getting into just different fields. Like it gave me the time that I needed to like actually sit down and study and kind of re reinvent my workshop. Um, but 
it didn't I didn't have the same effect like as I know some of the artists have mm. like with their shows shutting down and things like that but it didn't affect me that much that kind of leads to the benefit of doing everything on computers like yeah and that's that's a great segue actually because my next question was kind of like how do you think the kind of luxury of having like a social media and like having all this stuff how do you think that's kind of helped you uh kind of continue your brand and really evolve your brand as the years have gone on like what are the differences between like let's say 2000 between now and like how you're presenting your work and how you're getting discovered and like getting clients and things like that is there anything that is like a drastic difference or like how are you utilizing the tools we have now to kind of just continue what you've been doing you know that's a funny thing because um, I guess I'd be considered an old schooler um, I'm 45 now the uh, I didn't so I I I kind of just ignored social media um, probably around I didn't start really messing with it again until like 2016 so the uh, and still to this day I don't use it as much as I should but that's a part of the stuff that with the pandemic I sat down and have taken time to study is is more of how social media works how the merchandise sells work um how different systems connect together like the advertising on it so i'm i'm actually diving back into it like i i completely ignored it mm. for for a long time i, I wish i wouldn't have i'd probably have a lot more followers <laughs> if i didn't but uh you know i i just ignored it mm. it was uh, you know i looked at it Back in my day, like MySpace was a thing, and it was like kind of halfway a tool to like Mac on ticks, and then you know you would have like that's primarily up until 2016. That's all I you know thought about mm. social media, and then I got married and I just left it alone. But now I'm getting back on it, and I, I think it's uh, I'm working with Paul Wall on the Euler Mob stuff, and that's. Uh, you know, he's hired somebody to, to manage his social media. So I'm picking up tips and stuff from that guy. And, uh, it's, uh, like I said, I'm just getting into it. So it, mm. I think it's, I think it's very important at what's going on right now, but I'm also looking at old school marketing techniques. And I think one problem with the internet is it's so massive and there's so many things to get people's attention that, you know, my focus right now is looking at ways to, to do marketing in the real world. Mm -hmm. um, not quite like we used to, but more, uh, you know, you know, more like doing art, <clears throat> kind of like doing art installations in real life or giving something in real life for people to look at and take pictures of to, and using that as a tool to expand your, your social presence and then try to link people back to products and merch and mm -hmm. stuff that you want to sell for, to, to, you know, to make money, to keep things going. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. I don't know if that answers the question, but that's, no, that's really good, fun. honestly, because like just you saying that, I think that is even a more unique approach and like a better approach because it's actually setting that would set you apart, honestly, compared to like other people that would just utilize the internet and social media and that would be it. Like you want to give someone a human experience, you know what I mean? And because of that experience, they're going to be able to go online then and then continue the journey. You know what I mean? Like if they if you give them something in person, they're going to remember that. If they're just scrolling constantly, they see stuff every second. You know what I mean? Like, if it doesn't grab their attention right away, they, they might not come back to it. So, like, I think that's yeah. really important right there. 
Yeah, and you know, that's how the way I always looked at marketing. Like, people mm-hmm. aren't going to just pay attention to you just because. So you have to do things to make people pay attention. Mm-hmm. And when I look at the behaviors on social media and, and things that are really effective that I pay attention to, it's it's like there might be an art exhibit or something, and then all of a sudden I start seeing, like, all my friends' profiles are taken at, like, this crazy place or something that I've never seen before. And it starts popping up on everybody's stuff. Um so, you know, and that, you know, having having something out there that people can interact with and share with their friends, um, you know, something in real life, I, th- I think that'll get, just gets a lot more traction than creating a video or just creating something that you try to promote and expand from your page. So mm-hmm. that's a... Uh, I always like to look at it. I look at like what Banksy and what they do is they do these real life art installations and just disappear and I see how much traction that gets. And I wonder, um, and there's some other artists, uh, Travis Scott, I think did the astral world. Is that him? Or am I crossing the artist? With yeah. Yeah, he did. And I love what he did with that. Cause like he did the tour and then he had like his own store and he did the festival and everything and kind of tied it all back <laughs> into the album itself. And just kind of made a some whole of the things he did it. too, like just putting that giant head, yeah, you know, at, at key locations. So that's that's a really good example, kind of what I'm talking about. Um, but I remember back in the day, like when the record stores were open, people would go to the record stores and you would see the posters and you would see that, and, you know, that's that physical representation was kind of how people got discovered. Mm-hmm. But now we have a situation where there's so many people out there that are doing music. It's like the question is, is how do you stand out? And, you know, me personally, I'm moving towards, like I said, to, to put things back out in the real world and then use that to generate interest on social media instead of just trying to put something on social media and and, and hope people share it. Mm-hmm. I'd rather put something out in the real world and have them take pictures and share it with their friend instead of you know me personally doing that work Mm. i think that's honestly like a great method and i think you could apply that to not even like what you're doing with design i think you could apply that to anything creatively you just figure out how to make an experience surrounding what you're trying to push and just kind of get people more involved in it because at the end of the day it's really that's what it is anyway you want like your fans and your followers to actually like relate and feel something with what you're giving them you don't just want it to be like Oh, that's cool. Uh, what else? Like, what else is there? They kind of you kind of want to hook them in and kind of like reel them in a bit. So yeah, yeah. And, and you and you got to like euphemisms that always went by in marketing was like, you know, one of them is if you want attention, you have to make a scene. Mm-hmm. So you know, hopefully not in a bad way. <laughs> you know, that's some way some people do it. Mm-hmm. But you know, you creatively you can make a scene, if, and if you really want to draw attention to music, I think that's an important thing you got to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's some other things, too, that uh, that go along with that. But, yeah, that's definitely uh, that's definitely the from my old way of thinking. That's definitely a new application of it. Hmm. So that's pretty good advice. Is there any other, like, key advice you'd say as far as, like, if there's someone that's just now trying to get into graphic design? Obviously, we know, like we said, it's much different than when you came in, like, 20 years ago. Like, if they're coming in now and just getting started, what would you say is, like, the main advice for them to kind of see success, you think? Um, you know, at different levels, um, one thing I think it's important is to get your own style out there. Um, 
I definitely did it with the, the, the rap album covers. And now I'm moving into a stage where I've never really used my own personal creative style to push things out. And I just did with Paul Wall with the, with the cover for... Uh, it's on my wall over there. I can't think of it. Oh, the uh, he did a project with Red Bull. It was um, Subculture, where it was like this underground base. And you can see behind me, like, I got tons of comics. So I just reverted back to, like, that and did this comic cover of, like, this underground base with all this Houston iconery and stuff in it. So I would say find your own style, your own niche, because um, it's important to stand out. Um depending on what type of graphic designer you want to be to the, uh, you know, you always continuously study, pick up new skills, pick up new techniques. If a new technology comes out, jump on it before anybody else. Cause there's some, usually there's some easy tricks you can pull off. And sometimes it doesn't matter like how stupid or easy it is. It just matters about being first. And I really benefited from that. Cause I was one of the first to bring in digital cameras is one of the first to like really, you know, when new programs came out, like I would use it for logo creation or I'd use it for stuff before everybody else did. And like now, now a lot of the stuff's commonplace, but I mean, I, I benefited because I, I jumped on things, new tech first. Um, you know, and that's the, uh, the side on, you know, what type of artist you want to be too. Like, you know, I do work for ExxonMobil, like my corporate side of my business is really strong. And that's something I didn't do in the beginning. I just focused on music. music. But in 2007, when music kind of fell out hmm. and the stores and everything disappeared, like I, I had to reinvent. And, you know, so now I keep my corporate side really strong. Uh, I used to not want to deal with businesses, but now I, I, I actually enjoy it. Um, but I, I keep my music side strong too. And I think being a designer, you you don't want to chase any artists. You don't want to chase anybody. Um, find people and find people that you can work out partnerships with because you can easily go into the corporate world and make 500, make a thousand a day doing design work, which, you know, you can do a lot with that money. And it's, um, you know, a lot of times in the music industry, designers kind of get taken advantage of a little bit when they're just, you know, they'll, they'll do it to gain experience, but, you know, I think it's better just from the beginning, just start going big, start developing your own products. Um, the one good thing about partnering with a music artist is, is on doing brands, doing labels, doing anything you need, you need somebody out there getting public attention, cheerleading, promoting, and artists are, are usually really good at promoting, they're really good at getting followers, so... Some advice, and this is just what I do these days. Like I, I do partnerships now with artists. I don't, I don't work for anybody as a client anymore on the art side. So, you know, I set up partnerships with them where I'll control the merch. The, uh, and, you know, we we just break bread depending on how many partners there are. But I find that like a lot more rewarding, and it's also you. It's a way that you can keep continuously build on one thing. So when you design for somebody for a service, you give it to them and you're done until the next time they need you. Like this way that I do it now, I can sit down and really make something to my the very best of my ability. And I'm continuously building on my catalog now. Like I don't I don't get royalties from any of the old album covers. 
I used to do, but now I, I get paid on everything I do continuously. A bunch of little things there. I went back and forth, but I, I think that wraps up. Yeah, that was pretty nice right now that I could I could give people. That was all pretty good, and like that has to be for you like more freeing, honestly, creatively to be able to like now do that as opposed to what you were doing, which is kind of just doing these one-off like projects. You know what I mean? Like, doesn't that like for you feel like a lot better nowadays to kind of have that comfortability to do that? Like, cause oh, you yeah. Have, yeah. You know when 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 Houston was coming up like. From from when I started until you know two thousand eight nine and that whole ride, mm-hmm. you know the the artists I dealt with they didn't really we worked together on stuff but nobody really questioned too much and like the creative energy was really strong and everything just flowed. Um, when music started to go down, that's when I was like dealing with labels and they started wanting too much control mm-hmm. and kind of to me things started getting whitewashed. Um, you know, everybody kept asking for the same things, and I'd spend time on a project, and then they they wouldn't want to use it because it wasn't what the norms were. And I, I think it started to go against my own creativity to deal with it. So yeah, that that started to suck. But I lost interest in it really. Hmm. So now, yeah, definitely, I, I do what I want. I take the projects I want. Um, you know, I even throw my own money into them now, which is comes from the benefit of 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 not rejecting that corporate side and uh, dealing with real businesses to make money. So now I've, I've went back and separated my, my creative side from what I need to live. Um, and it's, uh, it's it provides a lot of freedom. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's like building kind of building out an ecosystem for yourself, honestly, that kind of just all feeds back into what you're trying to do. Like it all kind of just everything kind of works off of one another as opposed to just like, like you said, kind of just getting paid here and then not knowing where the next work is going to come from and then kind of being like, okay, well, what's my next move? You know what I mean? Now it sounds like you have something that's more of a system and it kind of just kind of one thing leads to another over and over again, which uh, which I think is like something that you would need that, like your experience to do. You would have to have done it that long to kind of build that out. Like it takes time, obviously, but it's definitely a doable thing. Yeah, you know, and if I if I had to start all over again, like I got I got really lucky that it's this right place, right time, and I just, you know, I I was one of the only graphic designers that, you know, at that time, like not not, not everybody didn't have Photoshop and have that stuff, but so it was right place, right time for me. But if I had to go back and do everything again, um, yeah, I would I would set it up the way I'm doing it now. And just make sure I get my money from something stable, and then you know you still got to grind. So I still work sixteen, you know, sixteen, eighteen hours a day. Mm-hmm. But I spend half my time doing what I love. But it's it's definitely funded by, um, and it's easier doing corporate work. It's easier to make people happy. So you know, creative work for artists can be really stressful because um, you deal with a lot of personalities. You deal with uh, it's, it's, it's actually just the work is harder. Like, mm. corporate work is pretty cut and dry. I feel I've, I kind of, like, relate to that a little bit just from, like, what I do with music is kind of the same thing. And, like, here's a good example. Um, I've kind of mentioned this in some other episodes. Uh, when you're approaching, like, working with an artist, it's one way. It could go many ways. 
Then if you're working with maybe a TV show or a movie, they have very strict guidelines as to what they want. Like they will send you a list of what they're looking for for that specific scene of whatever movie or TV show. So it kind of sounds like you're, you kind of do the same thing in your world. It's just kind of like the businesses really have everything concretely set out every single time, and it makes the, the approach a lot easier as opposed to just trial and error the whole way. You know what I mean? Like Yeah. So... It's that, and also when you're dealing with corporations, like bigger corporations, you get you actually get paid for every hour yeah. you work. I was just about to so say that too, rate. like the money side of it too, because like like you said, like sometimes as a graphic designer, you could do our work, and like you might never see that money. You know what I mean? Like the person, even if they gave you their word or whatever, you might never get anything, or you might not even get half of what you were supposed to get. But with businesses, most of the time they have it all figured out. Like they know what they're doing. And you're gonna get yeah, paid. Yeah, I've got, I've for got your friends work. that happens with still, like constantly. Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're my homies, so I just let them get away with it. <laughs> the uh, yeah, they're like, Mike, I need a logo, and I'll do something. They're like, man, we uh, I don't know, a bunch of different situations. Like, well, we can't have guns on the cover. I'm like, man, you just told me that before. You told me to do this, but it happens all the time. It's all good, but. Mm-hmm. You know, I do that stuff because I love doing it. Like I said, having having how I feed my family separated from uh, from my creative side is uh, it's been a big benefit. So the uh, I don't know if we oh yeah the uh, so what you don't want to do is you don't want like when I first started doing stuff, my goal was to like make a living doing nothing but artwork, right? Mm. Exactly what I wanted to do. And I achieved that, but what happened was you actually start to become a slave to that. Um, and you you just end up doing what everybody else wants you to do and not really what you want to do. Mm. So logically, like we talked earlier about, you know, you're not really going to get compensated for all your time. Like it, it's doing music and doing underground stuff. Everybody's in stressful situations. Things are changing quick. It's just, it's the chaos. It's just the nature of it. It's, it's chaotic. So. If I'm going to do what I don't want to do, I'm going to spend that time doing it with somebody where I know I'm going to maximize the amount of value I get out of it. And then I'm going to waste my time on my creative stuff freely without being stressed. Yeah, that's all great stuff because, like, I I don't think a lot of people, like, I don't know, would think that approach is always good. Like, a lot of people probably just want to do that and nothing else, and they don't want to view things as, like, a job or whatever, but... I think you, for each person, I think you really have to, like, set aside your responsibilities as well and, like, prioritize, like, what you really need to get done. And like you said, financially, you have to make sure you're still in check. So if that means having to have other, like, streams of income, why would you not do that? You know what I mean? And you you don't have to just stop doing what you're already doing. You just have to figure out how to make it work for you is kind of how exactly. I – Yeah. And that goes – You know, another thing – Another thing I want to throw in that's good advice for anybody who listens to this as a designer, and this is actually a passionate topic to me. I'm even thinking about doing a, uh, there's that new app. I can't think of the name of it right now. It's a clubhouse to talk about these things. But another thing that I've done creatively is, so people have come to me and stuff and they have, they want to start a business. So they have a business and maybe it's like struggling or, you know, and they want me to, you know, I'm a coder too, so they want me to do the websites, they want me to do the apps, they want me to do their logo, they want me to do everything basically to set up the business. Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, it's not too far of a step from there. Like, you can get your own trademarks done, find you an accountant. You can do your own LLC stuff if you spend a day just reading it and figuring out how to do it. So I take all the coding and the graphic design and the, and the branding abilities that I have. And, like, one of the companies I have is a cellular DAS company where we do in-building cellular. I don't know. I didn't know shit about cell phones or any of that stuff. But what I did know is I can tell this guy that's a friend, like, hey, and try to charge him a low price or whatever, but then I'm going to have to maintain it. So I was like, hey, look, I'm going to do all this, but you're going to give me 33% of the business. And, uh, you know, we've done really well. Um, off, off that strategy now instead of me. Um, you know, I, I leverage the, the coding and the design skills to actually take ownership of startup companies. And I just provide those services for free. Um, but I have equity in the company. Um, it's kind of the same model in a way with the artists like I'm doing with Paul. Like, hey, I'll, I'll manage the website, create the merch, manufacturing, shipping, handle the business, all that stuff. But I want my percentage. So that's that's what I've moved into. And I think anybody listening to this, like, move into that at a young age. Start thinking that way. Start thinking of ownership. Stop think, start thinking of, don't think of yourself as providing a service. Think of yourself as a business that needs your cut. Mm-hmm. But if you do that, then you only take projects that you're really passionate about. So you, you can stick with it for the long term. Like, if you ain't really feeling an artist or feeling something, probably not the best to use that strategy for. But... If it's something solid, like me and Paul's relationships solid for 20 years, me and Swisher House relationships solid for 20 years. So things like that is, you know, you want to take ownership. You guys, a friend that has a lawn business, you know, offer him, tell him to give you 20% of the company and develop his marketing for him. Hmm. It's going to benefit him because he's going to get more business. It's going to benefit you because now you've got something that you can grow with, with them. And you're not just providing a service. And, and most businesses don't handle the marketing properly. So it's a, uh, I would start thinking that too, as designers, like, man, look for things like that. Look for people that need help, you know, add coding to your repertoire. Also figure out how to do trademarking, which is easy. Just go to the site and read it. And, uh, you know, get a good accountant, get a good lawyer. Also, uh, you know, you can do your own LLCs if you want to. They're pretty easy to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I appreciate you giving us all that info because, like, the business side sometimes gets overlooked, and that's, like, one of the most important things, like, in any creative field. So I appreciate you giving all that information and kind of, like, your uh, know-abouts about all that stuff. So that's uh, much needed. Um, So is there any artists or even companies – I know you just mentioned some companies as well – is there anyone that – you've kind of been eyeing that you're like i could probably do some nice work for them like that you would want to work with soon or you kind of just take projects as they come like how are you approaching that now nowadays you think um you know i'm really i'm i'm not actively seeking out working with anybody i mean i'm always open to it the uh i just kind of go with the flow Mm -hmm. and i have so many things that i'm working on right now that my time is is maxed out as it is but uh you know i just put my mind on the things that i want to do and you know the the people that that attracts you know i want to talk to them but i don't I, I just let man i let the universe handle that i don't really you know have uh no nah, not really i don't i don't really have any i just let the universe handle it i don't i don't i don't seek things i just 
I do take what's on my plate and just do my best at it and keep moving. But, you know, I'm happy. I've got the, the stuff we're doing with Older Mob is, is great. It's allowing me to explore, like, product development. The other stuff is going great. Um, I think any business that has a budget that's good enough where I can, like, do what I talked about earlier is doing these, like, real-world kind of creative projects, um, experience projects. I'd be interested in that. Um, so yeah, it's the, uh, things with budget to, to not even necessarily for me, but for, to, to play with, to like, to, to make things with. Mm. It's good too to not force anything. You know what I mean? Like you just said, just kind of let it come to you and whatever happens, happens. Just kind of take it day to day, but that's all great stuff. So I know you kind of touched on this earlier, but if you could go back, let's just say 10 years ago, maybe give yourself any advice. Uh, what do you think you would do? Would you change anything? Or I know I know you kind of answered it a little bit earlier, but we'll just we'll just ask it one more time for the hell of it. Man, you know, there's a there's a for me the advice like I was I was pretty crazy when I was young. So um, while doing all these covers and stuff, like I was just completely wilding out all the time. Um, it was. Uh, me personally, my advice, if I, I I could change things, one is is be a little more professional, not completely, not stiff. But yeah, at a younger age, like, and it's, you know, you're out partying with friends or other, but if you, uh, when you're dealing with old, old school people, come to them professional. Um, that's something that I didn't do, and I thought probably burned some bridges back in the day. In fact, I know I did, which the people you burn the bridges though with won't ever tell you why. And they won't ever talk to you about it. So you you never really know. But when you get older, you start to realize, like, man, I was kind of an annoying little shit when I went into that meeting. So, yeah, just come professional when you're dealing, especially dealing with old schoolers. Because, you know, we got we got family, we got kids, we don't have any time. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like you see all the cartoons, like The Simpsons and stuff with the cranky old people. You know, they got they got the know how, but they just you know, they're they're keep it professional. Mm. That's that that would be my advice as far as experiences I've learned. The rest of it, like man, I you know I don't I don't even regret how, you know, having as much fun as I did, but you know, particular times and particular meetings and particular things, there was a. Uh, I could have been, yeah, definitely could have been more professional. And some of it, like I grew up in the hood, so I was scared of corporate stuff. Mm. I was like intimidated by it. Um, so my, my the way I dealt with it was to reject it and decide I wasn't going to be that way. Now I'm older, I'm like, man, okay, that was kind of like, I let my own um, preconceived notions about a particular situation change like allow me not to change my behavior and and grow so i've definitely missed out on situations that it, it would have provided more growth for me at a younger age mm. i'm not and i'm not like i said i'm not i don't regret how things turned out like i'm blessed but at the same time it's uh i think that that uh you know if you got i don't know about kids out there but you know if you are from the wrong side of the tracks you know you don't have the college stuff you don't you know, if, if any of that stuff intimidates you like it used to do me, uh, just be yourself, be professional, don't worry about it. 
Um, and uh, I think you'll be all right. The uh, like I, I program for Exxon now. Like I, I have my own company. I still do stuff with music. You know, wrong side of the tracks, kid. No education. So it's uh, you. Uh, that's it. Just you know, be fearless out there, but don't be an asshole. So I know you got, you kind of said you have a lot of things you want to get accomplished here soon. So let's say 10 years from now, where do you think you see yourself in kind of your creative space or just your life in general, you think? Hopefully I'm doing the same thing, just just more of it. Um, I definitely want to dive more into toys. Um, I definitely want to dive more into, uh, uh, like I'm really into, to, I'm, re- I'm into coding, but I'm also into like can and cat stuff. I'm into product development. I'm into like the, uh, the engineering side of product development. So I'd like just to keep pursuing that farther. Um, you know, and that as far as making, getting beyond like t-shirts and hats and making products that are really unique, mm-hmm. I think it benefits that, um, you know, getting into AutoCAD, getting into that type of 3D. Um, also like on the, doing the, the art projects, you know, for the public to promote things, I think eventually I would like it to grow to the point where I'm doing much larger things, but it'll, it goes along the same line. Like, you know, maybe, you know, designing like a a monument to DJ Screw or something in Houston that, you know, that is, it starts out in AutoCAD like to see something like that come to reality. Like, I think that would be really dope. Well, Mike, that's all I have for you today, man. Like I said, I appreciate you getting back with me about being on the podcast today. I love your approach. Uh, thanks for all the great business advice and everything. I think everyone's going to benefit from this episode a lot, and hopefully we can do this again sometime. Who knows? Maybe in person. I don't know. Yeah, anytime. Let me know. You're always – if you're, you're in Houston or – yeah, I gotta make it. I gotta make it down there. I actually, my brother's been down to Houston. I have not even been to Texas at all yet. He's actually staying in Dallas uh, right now with some friends. Where are you so at? I'm in Ohio. I live up, oh, okay. up north. So, but yeah, I, I definitely want to come to Houston eventually because it's like on my bucket list. So for sure, man. If I'm ever in the t- in the city, I'll just hit you up, man. Okay, hit me up, man. It's good talking. Thank you, everyone, for listening today. That was episode number thirty-six. Uh, We're going to try to do more episodes like that in the future uh, with people that aren't just music makers. We're going to have graphic designers, maybe photographers, um, a lot of different people, really anyone that's ever been involved with, you know, pushing uh, the creative space forward and kind of just it all goes hand in hand. You know what I mean? So I always love a different perspective. Um, But Until next time, this time next week, obviously, as always, uh, hit that support button on your podcast streaming platform if you want to send any funds. And we'll see you guys next week. Thank you very much.